quarterback because I know it's going to be hard for anybody to get past me with this kind of wide receiver depth, even though like I kind of get it. And so I want to, I want to come to a whole part of this draft that I've got a problem with and it's all because of one player, but so we'll start at DJ Moore at five twelve. What mm-hmm. an amazing pick. And I'll take him over Keenan Allen and I'll take him over Terry McLaurin. But these are trends mm-hmm. that I'm seeing a lot here in a lot of ADP and a lot of a lot of trades I'm seeing DJ Moore acquired on the cheap, where I mean he had very similar numbers to Terry McLaurin last year. He's two years younger. I think he's got a much improved passing offense, the wide receiver depth on this team. And then seeing Keenan Allen, who was a huge buy for me the last couple of years. I agree. This guy has been undervalued every damn year of his career until this year. I think it finally like caught up in his age 29. He's going to be 30 next year. I think he's still going to be productive. But again, I think that Herbert starts to spread that ball around a little bit more i feel like man sleepy you you took somebody here that i already want to trade away like he's on my sell list i did a super flexible with a sell and it was really hard but keenan allen was on that list and 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 so just with like the wide receiver depth that you already had on this team and Stevenson, who I do like, I think it's going to be him and Harris. And I think that he get a lot of the goal lines. Sleepy. I'm sorry. Um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not letting you knock either of these guys off, man. You, yeah. I really yeah. like what you did in a few areas too, but I love Mac Jones. I love the values you got on Daniel Jones, but now we're teetering on, Tyra Taylor, Mills, Dalton. I like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah. So you're sticking with, uh, uh, with Joe's team. Yeah. I'm sticking with, I'm sticking with, uh, Joe mm-hmm. for the best team. And, um, Michael Carter, was it Michael Carter? Uh, Michael Scott, Michael Scott, Michael yeah. Scott. Sorry, Michael for <laughs> best analysis. Okay. And I, you know, unless you want to trump it. No, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, Because, I mean, you look at, at like Cooper Cup here, who's younger than Keenan Allen, giving you similar numbers. And you got him like four or five rounds later. And I love that. And and I know that, like, you should get something for that. But just the the positions were leaving behind for guys to get this wide receiver depth. It's just, it's just not how I draft. Totally. So it's hard for me to go all in on it. I I love some of the players though. And then you only have George Kittle, one tight end. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's go to Matt Akers team uh, at Matt Akers. twelve. <laughs> it's so bad for Sleepy. <laughs> uh, for El Cunado. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a I think it's a solid roster. It's mm-hmm. just and and I mean I it it was a persuasive write-up. Actually, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna trump you on the write-up. Okay. Come to think of it. 
So we're um, not getting losing my bet off, right? Yeah, yeah, Michael. Yeah, um, I think El Cunado takes over on the on the write up. I think um, there was a there were a lot of picks here that uh, I didn't like on paper, but then when you read, you know, his his thought process. And and I mean I'll start just with his second pick, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, uh, mm-hmm. making DeAndre Hopkins the wide receiver one, and then yeah, you know, point, dude, yeah, it, the 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 reasoning behind it, the logic behind it. So it was, it was yeah, I love it. You know, you're right, and the self thought that went into it too. Yeah, yeah. So solid roster, um, and uh, even better write up. Uh, to kind of sell us on it. So, what do yeah, you call he, him, El Cunado? Yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, long story, but I, <laughs> I kept trying <laughs> to find that team, and I'm like, no, it's Sleepy, it's Riley. Like, yeah, what are you talking about? I know. I, I, yeah, <laughs> a whole user error thing. It's a, it's a long story. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's check out Matt Aker's team because I think that. Uh, All right, I'm not even going to foreshadow this one. Let's just get into it. 107 starts off with Justin Herbert. Herbert seemed like the easy call here, getting a 23-year-old quarterback who proved it on the field last year to solidify the most important position for years to come. 206, he gets Russell Wilson uh, with quarterbacks flying off the board in my top tier of running backs gone. Wilson was another easy choice. He certainly faded down the stretch the last few years but has a number of good years left. Now just let him cook, Pete. Uh, 307, he gets Najee Harris. Um, a quarterback short up. I turned to running back here, per- perhaps a bit speculative being a rookie, but Najee has a ceiling that could make him a first to second round startup pick at this time next year. Uh, and then Antonio Gibson at 406. Went back to running back here. Love running backs on rookie deals, and Gibson to me is another high ceiling play. With no tight end premium, the position scarcity at quarterback and running back heavily influenced my first four picks. Five oh seven bonus points for taking Harris above Gibson. Yeah, I kind of like that one too. That's it's, and I don't even know if I agree with it. It's just inspired, you know. <laughs> like do, I agree with it too. Do you? Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. Some some bonus points there just got picked up. Giving giving you some bonus points, Matt. Yeah, uh, five oh seven. Austin Eckler. Uh, Eckler just lost some. Really, I love Austin the, Eckler. It's and a that heck feels, of a value, though. It's a heck of a yeah, value. The value is incredible. So yeah, so he you he won you over with uh, with Harris over Gibson and won me over with Eckler in the fifth. So, it's so a he's 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 doing pretty well here. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Just kind of canceled us out. <laughs> um, it is a heck of a value, though. Honestly, like I, I don't mind this yeah. value one bit. And he even said Eckler felt like a value here. Considered going wide receiver, but if healthy, I think Eckler has running back one potential this year. And given given his usage, should age better than other backs. Uh, 606, he got Amari Cooper. 707, uh, he got T. Higgins. Um, and 806, he got DJ Chark. So, uh, Man, 907, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, so yeah. he just put together a strong ass wide receiver group just with four straight picks there. Yeah. And 
He's yeah. showing you why to get those running backs and quarterbacks early. Yeah. Um. So T Higgins, he said, continuing my strategy of hitting wide receiver in the middle rounds after loading up at quarterback and running back early. I think the Cincy offense will have the volume to sustain all the weapons they have. Higgins may benefit from Chase taking top corners. Yeah, like that's that's kind of the big thing for me is is people want to bail on on Higgins, but I mean if Chase is what is is as good as advertised and gonna draw away, like that's what's gonna end up happening here. He's gonna draw that tougher coverage away from T. Higgins. So either Higgins is still the wide receiver one there, or he's a wide receiver two and getting wide receiver two coverage. Like yeah. it, it feels like a win win, you know? Yeah. Uh, 10.06, Chase Edmonds, 11.07, Evan Ingram. Um, uh, on Ingram, he says, after the top five or so tight ends, they all feel like a bit of a dart throw. I don't love it, but Ingram feels like he has more ceiling than other options. The Giants should have an improved offense. Talked about that with Daniel Jones, so I'm on board. I love it. It's funny how you can feel like in the tone when people talk about Ingram, they're like, oh, I know this seems ugly, but but it's not. Yeah. And I, and I agree. I don't think it's as ugly as like consensus would have it. I think Ingram kind of gets a, a bad rap and healthy Ingram could be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, 1206 Jimmy Garoppolo after going quarterback in the first and second rounds, I waited as, as long as possible and probably too long to take another should provide some production early this year and could certainly end up somewhere like Pittsburgh next season. That's an interesting idea, Garoppolo mm-hmm. moving on to a starting job elsewhere. Uh, thirteen oh seven is Mike Williams. <laughs> the, the, all right, that's that just derailed this entire. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Damn you, Matt. Fourteen oh six, Cole Komet. Honestly, like. Uh, to me, Cole Komet's your tight end one, and Evan Ingram is your tight end two. So the Ooh. fact that you got Cole Komet, you know, several rounds later, I'm kind of liking that. He said, uh, after waiting on tight end until late in the draft, I wanted to grab a young, high upside guy here. Komet started to come on at the end of the season and take over snap share. Could be a riser over the course of the of this year. I'm trying to decide if that's spicy or not. Komet over Ingram. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I feel like it's pretty easy and and like I said I think Daniel Jones has that breakout potential but I mean I think that it's going to mean spreading it around quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I don't I like I don't hate Ingram. I just think Cole Komet has a path to more volume. Yeah, personally, but uh 1507's Paris Campbell, 1606 is Nico Collins. Dude, I don't mind that Nico Collins pick. No, not at all. Yeah. What about like the that. Paris Campbell one? How'd you feel there? Um, I don't mind Paris Campbell. I, I mean, it's getting kind of tough for me with Campbell. I, I'd rather have Pittman and Hilton. I think they're going to still be the guys there. So it kind of gets to that. A lot would have to happen at this point for us to trust Paris Campbell in our, our starting lineup. He's just a, pricey stash i prefer my stash is a little bit cheaper Mm -hmm. so yeah uh 1707 is salvin ahmed 
1806, OJ Howard, 1907, Samaj P. Ryan. He says another mix an injury away from potential relevance. And then 2006 is Marcus Mariota. <laughs> okay. Just brought me back. Uh, have a feeling he starts in the NFL again at some point. If Carr gets injured or falls out of favor in Las Vegas, I don't think there is a late round pick with more upside. Like he might have, uh, for me, he might have won a draft with Mariota in 2006. But like, like I, I mean, I was sitting here trying to decide, like, as good as this roster is, as good as the start was, can I give it to somebody who took, you know, quarterbacks with the first two picks and then waited until the very end of the draft to, you know, to get a backup? But the guy that he got with his 20th pick is a guy who I think has an excellent shot at starting some games in 2021. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, this pretty, this, this takes over the top spot in terms of roster for sure. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I do. Before you even said anything, like, I almost scraped it off my list and moved it in, but I was like, ah, I'm not sure what we're going to do yet until I talk to you. So I agree with that one. I yeah. like Jay Burns team a lot, but this team and just kind of, it's a little bit more well-rounded the tight ends, even though like John said, maybe, maybe Komet is over Ingram and, but then even just to have OJ Howard that late and just to have a pretty nice, well-rounded team, John, I recently traded, uh, traded Evan Ingram away for Cole Komet and uh, second or something like that. So I got the Komet in the second side, just cause I kind of agree with you. Like, I think they have the same equal upside, but the values a little bit separate. So hell yeah. Like that. Yeah, I like that move. Yeah. So Matt stays. Does Matt? I think he might take over for the write-ups too. Matt takes both of them. I kind of think so. And then um, in, a, in a situation where nobody knocks Matt off one of the pedestals, I think you'd probably have to go back to like Riley or whatever you called that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you gotta you gotta take my word for it i i i replaced him uh early oh, in the draft you. and then he didn't he didn't end up accepting uh the fact that he got replaced mm-hmm. <laughs> and he kind of he kind of stuck around so i tried to replace him with uh with riley um and then uh it didn't take <laughs> and he just ended up finishing the draft anyways a uh, little bit of a power move um <laughs> so <laughs> So, I was pulling for Matt the minute he took Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. And then to start Herbert Wilson. Yeah. And then, but, and then to still end up with, I mean, probably the best one two punch at quarterback, at least that we've seen so yeah. far here. And then, you know, to still put together a group of running backs and a group of wide receivers that's going to be competitive with absolutely anyone. Yeah. I like this is going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough roster to take down we'll see though this next one look is looking pretty good so far too um dirt dog at d dog 157 at 109 started off with saquon barkley at 109 not the ideal not the most ideal spot especially since the top tier quarterbacks are gone but the one upside is i was almost guaranteed a top running back which i landed barkley of course there's inherent risk with him because of the injury but as we have seen in the past, the rehab process is 
a thousand percent better than it was even five years ago. I'll I'll take arguably the dynasty running back two here. Barkley is my dynasty running back one. <laughs> I love it. I recent dude. I, I'm not not bullshitting. Yeah, I recently traded um, CMC and Darnell Mooney for Barkley. Oh wow! Added Just because to that's CMC. how I felt, and I was yeah. I, I I tried to use the what I felt was market value to my advantage but after i figured that he wasn't budging and then eventually got to straight up and he still rejected it finally like damn it i'm adding to cmc to try to get barkley and he accepted and he's like wow you must really like barkley a lot like, yeah it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> pretty cool <laughs> yes we do like barkley a lot. <laughs> and we're all in agreement here too so i like yeah. that move yeah yep yeah. Um 204 he got he got Alvin Kamara. I usually do not start off running back running back, but I cannot pass up on the running back 3 in PPR. My only other options would have been uh Russell Wilson or Justin Fields, but I felt the value was too good to pass. Um not quite as on board with that one. I don't know about you, but it's uh it, it's it's sure going to look pretty in that <laughs> that lineup with Barkley and Kamara. Uh, um, I'm kind of with you too. I'm kind of starting to get a little bit off of some of the elder guys. Like yeah, Kamara I, and Cook. Yeah, Delvin and Kamara. I mean, those are the guys that I've been kind of, I mean, I would, I'll have Swift ahead of them in my rankings. Oh, nice. Okay. I don't think I can go quite that far, but I'm close. Um, I'm definitely with you. I mean, it's it's getting we're we're getting to the edge of the cliff with some mm-hmm. of these guys. Uh, 309 Matthew Stafford with quarterbacks flying off the board. I decided I needed to strike uh, while the talent was there. It was between Baker and Stafford, and it came down to the fact that I have always liked the gunslinger Stafford. I like his situation in L.A., the talent around him, and of course Sean McVay. Um. I mean, I, like I, I know that. Well, and I don't know for sure where your bias is. I think that you're still a Stafford fan, actually. I think I remember mm-hmm. hearing. Yeah, that. I'm definitely cheering for Matt Stafford. Yeah. So Stafford or Baker? Um, Tua. <laughs> okay. Zach Wilson. <laughs> um, Zach I'm Wilson probably, over I'm Stafford. I'm going to take Baker over Stafford, and um. You know, it's just as a Lions fan, I can't I can't get the back injuries out of my head, I guess, you know, that he's had the last two to three years and they've kind of kept plaguing him and coming back into his storyline every season. I take backs pretty seriously, man. I mean, you know how it is, dude. We're getting older. You can cough wrong and mess up the way you walk for a week. <laughs> and these guys are taking huge hits, you know, and Stafford's back troubles worry me from a dynasty standpoint here. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Baker. I get it, man. I love Stafford. I think everybody's cheering for him, but I think the Lions were probably just as done with him as he was them at that point. Yeah. They just weren't as vocal about it. Had they been, and they were like, oh, he's got a crap back. You know, he's been a trooper, but just can't can't survive a season anymore. 
like McVay did to Goff, you you might hate Stafford too. And I'm not saying that's who Stafford right. is, but I think that a little bit of that goes into play here. And I, I haven't forgotten about Stafford and his back injuries. I love, for example, our pick um, that I believe you made when you took Tannehill at 207. And I know that's before Stafford went, so he didn't have this choice. But, man, I'll take Tannehill all day over Stafford. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, same age range and everything. But, well, Tannehill's a little younger, but yeah. quite a bit. But, yeah, I'll take Tannehill there. But, yeah, Stafford, I'm just a little bit worried about. So Yeah, at least for one year, man. It takes a while to... Mm-hmm. You know, to learn a new system, especially a complex one like McVeigh's, you know, build that rapport with the wide receivers. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Tannehill uh, would be my pick there. But um, what about Baker? I think I'll still take Stafford over Baker. Um, and, and I mean, I think that there's a chance for the problem is for Baker. It's kind of like it's put up or shut up time. You know, and I think that he's I think that he's going to do it. I think that there's the breakout coming and that, you know, they're going to be able to commit to him long term. But like if it doesn't, I mean, he could be like he could he could be on his way to being a career backup. And like that, it's going to be determined, you know, which way this is going to go here in 2021. So, yeah. I don't know. It's it's risky. Whereas Stafford, it's like, you know, he 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 could have a slow start in L.A. with a change of scenery. He's not going anywhere. Like he's he's going to be a, a long term starter for them. So, yeah. See, my problem with Baker, because Baker is a sell to me. I know I just said I'd take him over Stafford here. My problem with Baker, though, is even if they keep him as the quarterback there, mm-hmm. it's that offense and how it runs and. Every now and then they might have to have him air it out a little bit, but they're going to run that ball. And it's not like in Baltimore where he's going to be a, a big part of those that run game, but they're going to run the ball a lot with Chubb and Hunt whenever they need to. They don't need to rely on him. He's just a game manager. So I think his, his floor and ceiling are both kind of low for the quarterback position in, in what he could do. And that that's kind of my problem. Like he's a high end or like low end QB one to high end QB two for me at best. So I think that's why I'm yeah. I'm selling my Baker and trying to get Tua. Yeah, it makes sense. But so it's um, just more how Cleveland runs the ball. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it is going to be a. Seems like it's going to be pretty run heavy. Mm-hmm. So. Um, 404, he gets Darren Waller, 509, Josh Jacobs, uh, Jacobs. He said again, could have grabbed a wide receiver, but I felt he was the best running back on the board. And I like to have a stable of running backs. I'm kind of with him there. Mm -hmm. Um, Drake's going to take some passing down work, but I think you can lock Jacobs in as a running back too comfortably. I like, I like this strategy personally of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, wait on wide receiver. This is, I think this is the first, um, the first roster where we're really seeing somebody waiting on the wide receiver position. You know, Matt Akers did it pretty well. Got uh, Amari Cooper in what the sixth round, something like that is his first wide receiver. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, 
yeah um dirt dog <laughs> yeah uh, yeah he waits a little bit longer here mm-hmm. uh 604 he gets carson wentz and then in 709 he gets his wide receiver one Cortland sutton uh, 804, he gets Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, he just waited until the seventh and eighth round and still got two wide receivers who are going to be competitive against pretty much anyone. Yeah, you know? and they're both young. Mm-hmm. Yep, young guys. Um, let's see, Juju, he said, I continue uh, my run at wide receiver since I passed earlier in the draft. I'm looking for a bounce-back year for Juju, considering uh, this was... Uh, a f- full round later than his ADP. So I'll take the chance. So there's also, you know, the value piece there too. Mm-hmm. That is a, that's a kind of a long drop. Uh, 909 and 1004, he gets Mike Davis and Ronald Jones. Um, let's see. Uh, Davis, he says, uh, massive reach, I'll admit. Now that I look back, I could have pivoted to much better options. Just have to hope he can do what he did in the early parts of last year. Uh, his overall analysis, because he only wrote up the the his first ten picks, but he said um, after this pick, I aimed more at upside plays. If I were to roll into the season with this lineup, I would be pretty happy. Uh, some things I might change if I could would be grabbing would be grabbing my second quarterback a little earlier than the sixth round, uh, waiting on tight end and digging a little deeper into the player pool uh, before selecting. Which I mean, to me, the like that's all fair. Um, very small criticisms, and uh, and I agree with his criticisms. But again, like you know, there's not a whole lot wrong with this roster build. Uh, I like the I I I mean, I don't just like it. I love the uh, the commitment to building up that uh, mm-hmm. that running back depth. Yeah, you know, and using so many early picks to do it. Um. You know, again, like Darren Waller, you probably could, he and he even says he could have waited at tight end um, instead of taking Darren Waller at four. That could have been yet another running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, actually, it could have been a quarterback. <laughs> That's what I would have right. liked. Um, beyond that, though, I mean, again, like, you know, just kind of just moved away from it for two picks at 709 and 804, got Cortland Sutton and Juju. Now you're set at wide receiver, yeah. and then it's and then right Landry, back to the running backs. Jarvis Landry as his wide receiver three, and Marvin Jones maybe hits, stayed young with some Brian Edwards in there. Yeah. Did fine at wide receiver for for waiting. And um, honestly, John, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, he didn't have to give himself that criticism. But, like, I kind of look at it like it's kind of nice that he also reflected on the situation and is already kind of looking at the changes that he could have made within the draft. I bet you, I bet you D dog gets done with his draft and is one of the first players to send out trades. And I love that. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So the quarterback situation, I mean, he's only got two of them through 10 rounds. Um, What did he end up with overall? Drew Locke, Matt Stafford, Mitch Trubisky, and Carson Wentz. So two for sure starters, and one Drew Locke, who John hates more than everybody. (laughs) And I I don't mean more than everybody hates Drew Locke. I mean, John hates Drew Locke more than he hates any (laughs) other person on the face of the earth. So (laughs) you got that going for you, (laughs) D-Dog. 
<laughs> so yeah, two starters and then Mitch and Drew Locke. Yeah. So I think that uh man, I I I don't think he quite gets there, gets there on the roster um for me. And and I really like this roster. Like mm-hmm. right now to me this is a close second. I still think Akers hasn't beat. Um what do you think though? I I agree. I like the Akers team a little bit more. The the reflection at the end of his uh, analysis, I, I, I don't know if I'm being too nice to that or not, but I kind of appreciate just kind of him reflecting back on the draft as well as as telling him telling us why he made some of them. So, yeah. So are we putting him uh, at the top of the hill on the on the write up? I think so. I, yeah. And plus, I mean, we can't have Matt on two things for too long. <laughs> Matt's Matt's like puffing out his chest on us here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got a new uh new leader in the clubhouse there. Um let's go to let's see 110. Uh Jake. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jake knows your weaknesses. Oh man. Yep. <laughs> 110. Pick 110. He takes Aaron Rodgers. Was a quarterback one last year and should be uh, should play, I believe he will challenge for the title again. Oh, and should he play, I believe he will challenge for the title again. Probably would have taken Barkley had he been there, um, which is fair. Uh, 203, Derrick Henry uh, was contemplating another quarterback here, knowing a few of the owners in the the draft room, but ultimately went with Henry. Uh, we keep waiting for him to slow down. Hopefully this isn't the year. 310, Baker Mayfield felt I needed to go quarterback with one of my next two picks. I believe Baker will be a good play this year and be a solid quarterback for the foreseeable future. Might have been a bit of a reach. Uh, 403, Devontae Adams. I think he's quarterback proof and was hard to pass up at 403. Rodgers, please come back. Yeah, if Rodgers is back in Green Bay, and it sure seems like it's going in that direction, he's got that. Rogers Adams stack already might be like the new like value of this draft is getting Devonte Adams at four Oh three. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, let's see five ten David Montgomery and uh six Oh three Matt Ryan wanted to solidify my quarterback room and felt Ryan was the best of the remaining quarterbacks. He will be in consideration for weekly starts. So he's got, Right now, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Ryan at quarterback. So that's that's looking pretty good. Seven uh, ten, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm buying the the OBJ bounce, 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 bounce back this year. Contemplated Juju here, but ultimately landed on OBJ, which gives him yet another stack or you know combo if you want to call it that. Like some people get pissed if you say a two player stack. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's a weird semantic argument but i still call it that i mean you just stacked the quarterback in the top wide receiver so and he's done that twice now uh which i'm liking so, that a lot and the first thing i do though when i see somebody like odell Beckham jr taken off the board i i i don't just look at the players but i look at the positions and i'm thinking like man i'd rather have juju mm-hmm I might, ra- I'd probably rather have Jerry Judy. Yeah. Might rather have Cooper cup and Tyler Lockett. 
Yeah. And, and man, I, man, I'd love to see that bounce back, Jake. Like I'm with you. I just don't know if this is, I don't know if there's enough sweetener for me to have to pay up for this Kool-Aid. <laughs> does know. does that stack do anything for you does that does that help at all um i i enjoy some stacks but no this one doesn't okay and a lot of it's just because of what i said about baker and the run game and how they can go away from the pass game and still have a successful team just with hunt and kareem anytime they need to they do have a lot of weapons for baker there but for as much as that offense is going to be passing it, which isn't as much as I'd like to see, he can spread the ball to a couple tight ends. Jarvis Landry still, who's been pretty consistent for him. And and then you never know, maybe some Donovan Peoples-Jones. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't hate this area. But then I, it's just when I start to look at the wide receivers taken later, I would give you Odell Beckham, plus for juju yeah but i'm not i'm gonna try to not hold that too much against you jake (laughs) (laughs) yeah 803 miles gaskin and 901 or 910 was uh damian harris so on gaskin he said i like having as many running backs as possible on my rosters went gaskins here he's managed to escape any significant competition for the starting role and i'm hoping it stays that way He's got a good group of running backs coming together here. Yeah, uh, I know you're loving the values he's got in that Gaskin and then his next pick here at 910. Yeah, yeah, with Damian Harris. I really yeah. like Damian Harris this year too. Yeah, that's a good one. Those uh, guys are probably starters. Yeah, yeah, it should be. And uh, yeah, at least early on in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, 1003 got Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, and eleven ten, Antonio Brown. Uh, Brown showed he still has it and should be better than last year, given he has he now has experience in the system. I feel fine with him as a third wide receiver. Fingers crossed, he stays out of trouble. Twelve oh three, David Johnson. Thirteen ten, James Connor. And fourteen oh three, JD McKissick. So we're just loading up on running backs here. And like these are all I mean, I don't like James Conner, <laughs> but like it's in the thirteenth round, you just got a starting running back, an NFL starter. And then in, you know, fourteen oh three, you get a pass catching uh back in JD McKissick. Uh, I doubt he gets the volume he did last year, but should stay involved. And if Gibson's toe continues to bother him, you could get a few games with higher usage, Jake says. Uh, dude, McKissick did really well last year, too. I mean, yeah. he was a RB2 or better six times, yeah. which is actually the same number of times that Antonio Gibson was an RB2 or better. McKissick had a, a solid season, and, and a couple of those came with a healthy Antonio Gibson where they'd both be even comparable in games or weeks where McKissick was having like an RB 29 week. And then Antonio Gibson having like an RB 30 week. I don't think McKissick is just going to go away. Like everybody wants him to, you know, if anything, Curtis Samuel might take a little bit of that too, but I don't think McKissick's just going away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fifteen ten. Gio Bernard, 
1603 Hayden Hurst, just in case Kyle is the pits. Jake said, um, 1710 T.Y. Hilton, 1803 LaMichael P. Ryan, uh, 1910 David Njoku, and uh, 2003 Khalil Herbert. Swags told me to take him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I did. You're like Khalil I Herbert. I get it, though. I get it, though. Yeah. No, I feel like I've been so, more of like the voice for CJ Marable and possibly like taking that Tariq Cohen role. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And he has David Montgomery. So I don't know if it was meant to be kind of a, um, kind of a handcuff, handcuff type situation. So I'm trying to think if I told him, <laughs> Jake, get me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I think I have to recuse myself on this one because of Aaron Rodgers. Um, so how, what do you think? Is this uh, the roster good enough to knock off Matt Akers? Um, man, he does have some running back depth here too, doesn't he? He does. Pretty nice three but... starting quarterbacks going into it. Yeah. Even, some... even with Odell Beckham Jr.? I do have to say there's kind of some value issues in uh, like Derek Henry um, feels a little early. Aaron Rodgers, if we're being honest, probably a little early, Um, which I mean, I like I hate to say that, but, you know, I do. But Mm -hmm. I think that he probably was going to be there in the second round, if not the third. Uh, he wouldn't have made it to the third. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have made it past us. Um. Yeah, man. So we're yeah. I mean, for me, like in how I play Superflex, like as much as I liked Matt's team a lot, I don't feel as good about Jimmy Garoppolo as anybody in the world. So I'm going into my season with only two starting quarterbacks and it's Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson. So I think you're sitting pretty good, but I think that if we're teeter tottering this much, I I have to give it to the team with three starting quarterbacks. Mm, Okay. So so Jake takes over. I mean, with your approval, but yeah, I think that if we're that close, I think that that's going to be my, my teeter, the extra weight I throw to the other side. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm good with it, man. Um, all right, last one. Uh, they did a write-up here. So the last one we're going to break down is Chris uh, at Big C underscore 71 at the 111. Um, and he starts off by saying, well, last season was the first super flex league for me. I have played fantasy football since 1991, and I always enjoy exploring new league formats. I was excited for this mock and I went in with a game plan of starting with two quarterbacks in the first three to four rounds, as I would love to maximize the super flex spot with those quarterback points. Um, so his first pick was Dalvin Cook at 111, and then Jonathan Taylor at 202. Um, let's see. I'm gonna, hard to I, pass up on Taylor there. I totally understand. For sure. Yeah. So Cook, he said, really wanted a quarterback here, but it felt the val- but I felt the value of Cook was too good to pass up. At the age of 25, he should give good value for years to come. 
hoping Burrow makes it back to 202. And then at 202, uh, alas, Burrow and Lance have gone bye-bye, and I just can't pull the trigger on a quarterback yet. So I take another stud running back in Taylor, who enters year two behind what is still one of the best offensive lines in the league. Totally freaked out that I don't have a quarterback yet, but... (laughs) 311 Both D- of his quarterbacks win at 112 and 201. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of surprising that Trey Lance went that early. I agree, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Uh 311 DK Metcalf. Once again, my quarterback didn't fall. Matthew Stafford decided to take a, a foundational receiver, and a choice for me at this point is DK. Physical freak who is 23. Jefferson would have been my pick here. And C.D. Lamb was almost a pick, but if D.K. can polish his routes, he could be Megatron 2.0. Uh, 402, Tom Brady finally gets his first quarterback. Uh, he isn't the future, but he will help this team be competitive now and hopefully bridge to some younger signal callers drafted later. And then 511, double taps quarterback Kirk Cousins. Uh, Cousins is older, but the lead of a great offense. While I don't like the age of my starters, I do feel they allow me to compete now and hopefully I'll be able to address longevity later. Um, six, six Oh two is Alan Robinson. Seven eleven is Trey sermon. Uh, eight Oh two, Michael Carter. Um, yes, I know I need more quarterbacks, but I think Carter is another great young back as long as the Jets don't curse him. I still feel there's great depth at wide receiver and enough talent at tight end to gamble. So I like the the point of view there for sure. Um, like the the approach to uh, tight end and wide receiver. 9-11 is Ryan Fitzpatrick gets his third quarterback, and they're all old as hell. <laughs> yeah. Um. 10.02, Robbie Anderson. I think Darnold's arm is an improvement this year and last year. Um, uh, it, it, the rest of it got cut off, unfortunately. Uh, 11.11, Tyler Higby. 12, 12, uh, 12.02, Robert Tunyon. Again, I love that. The move of just double tapping those those tight ends. Just kind of wait a while and then grab two of them with some upside. you know. Mm-hmm. And in this case, he gets a couple guys who uh, have already flashed at this point. So, uh, 1311's Russell Gage. Um, I thought Mike Williams would fall here. I think he's a great value for his ADP. I liked what we saw of Gage last year, and hopefully he's earned some of those Julio targets that are now available. Uh, Pitts can't catch them all, can he? Um, 1402's Nicole Hardman, 1511 Rob Gronkowski, uh, Gronk spike. I figure he will stick around as long as Brady does. And we know Brady likes him in the red zone besides Gronk is fun to watch. So you might as well have him on the team. 1602 yeah. is Dan Arnold. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. 1602 Dan Arnold, 1711 Noah gray. Kind of like that one. It feels that's probably early. Probably could have got him with the very last pick, but I like it anyways. Uh, We're in the last few rounds, and I want to target young players with upside or just in great spots. I'm a big fan of get your guys. The coaches have raved about this tight end during OTAs. He gets to learn from Kelsey and catch passes from from Mahomes. Not too shabby. 
1802 is Des Fitzpatrick. 1911 is Dwayne Eskridge. And 2002, John Brown. Hope he catches some deep balls in Vegas. He said the draft definitely did not go as planned with quarterbacks racing off the board in the first. I feel like I could have, but early on the value seemed so great. Of course, half of the fun is trading, so I feel I have some pieces I can move to help remedy. I am currently drafting in a super flight or in a Scott Fishbowl satellite, so I realize I went a little more tight end heavy than I normally would have without the tight end premium. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of his breakdown of the draft, and it's kind of cool that he had you know the this is how I wanted to draft or here's how I intend to draft, and then here's what ended up happening. And they end up being two very different things. Um, yeah, he's kind of saying, you know, and and that's kind of the elephant in the room here mm-hmm. with these mock drafts is, you know, we're drafting as if you, you're building a roster that you're going to be able to trade. So, you know, taking the approach of getting value, uh, you know, and then, you know, trade to kind of fill some holes later, you know, I think that that's, that that's valid. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's a, a piece that sometimes gets missed with these. Yeah, man. So I feel like one thing that really could have changed this team's turnout was, Actually, I'll say two things. One would have been taking Jared Goff instead of Michael Carter. And I know Jared Goff sounds kind of gross, but I was just kind of looking at the quarterbacks that went after Michael Carter there. And then to give you one more solidified starter. And then maybe instead of, say, Des Fitzpatrick, you took who I think is the quarterback to own in Washington in Taylor Heineke, just with you having Ryan Fitzpatrick there, I would have been trying to get that. The quarterbacks on this team are so old for me. Yeah. With Tom Brady, Kirk cousins and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then to have no real insurance policy with them, no Kyle Trask, you know, no, no nothing. And I'm just not a big Michael Carter guy. That one hurt. That one hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) So I love the analysis here. I, I personally cannot knock our number one team off its pedestal for this one. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you're feeling about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah. I like the, I I definitely like the analysis. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I like think all that, the uh, analysis. Like this is so tough because John and I have both done written work as well as podcasting. So even like the time you spent like analyzing this, like holy cow, it's appreciated. Like I love all of the analysis on this. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Um, I didn't know I was going to come here and have to be freaking Chef Ramsay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah, I kind of put you in a tough spot uh, so that I didn't have to do it. Basically. Well, so we, we kept Jake there for the best team. And then at this point, we have uh, D-Dog 
for the analysis. Um, yeah. I and love, then, uh, like, is it fair? Like, man, D Dog, was I too nice to D Dog for like his kind of reflection on the draft, even though he didn't finish the rest of his guys? Um, no, I don't think so. I think okay. it was fair. Yeah, okay. I thought I thought it was all it was all totally fair, to be honest. So um yeah, I mean he only did the 10, but like he said, I mean the rest is it's you know just it's very boilerplate from there. It's all you know high upside type of like young, young, high upside guys. So I thought it was so can we can we add a fifth into this then and have both D Dog and um who are we doing now for this? Is that unfair to ha- add Big C into this and have so Chris Big C seventy one and have two a total of five in the fifty yard dash? Like it's fine by me. Um, Everybody's yeah, like, no, let's do it. You may, yeah. Know. They're gonna be like, if man, if he wins, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> Our rules to to break, man. Toddler rules. You change them as you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna run this uh, hundred yard rush. Um, shuffled it three times since this uh, for this uh, three day mock draft, record setting mock draft, and uh, we're gonna. Get off and running here. Here we go. So again, it's uh, Jake in the six hundred four is in it. Uh, D Dog at D Dog one fifty seven is in it. King Jersey Duck is in it uh, for second fastest draft. Uh, at Lundog is in it for first fastest draft. And at Big C underscore seventy one uh, got in as a and then with an at large bid. And results are in. Uh, fifth place at Lundog. Um, even though he had by far the fastest draft, he still, um, still uh was the slowest to get across the goal line here. Fourth mm-hmm. place was at Big C underscore seventy one. Um, Chris had a had a great write up on uh, uh with the the um both the intro and the outro for his uh, <laughs> yep. uh for his draft. Third place at Jake in the 604, who we thought had the best uh, overall roster, considering, uh, you know, in particular with those three starting quarterbacks. Uh, second place at D Dog 157, um, who we thought had the overall the best write up. And then uh, the winner, King Jersey Duck, um, Matthew Hillenbrenner. So we're going to set you up, Matt, with that. Uh, with that six months of DLF uh, premium access. Um, but again, just cannot tell you enough. I wish that I could hand out a prize to everybody who was involved in this draft because it was, it was such a fun one. It was such a useful one. And again, just absolutely smashed the freaking record, man. Yeah, Matt, I'm going to be honest with you though. I, I wouldn't have let you into this on best team just because of your running backs. But your quarterbacks are great. His team is really nice. I'm looking at it now. He's got Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson at quarterback. He's got all the rookies from this class. He stayed young there. But then his running backs are 
Chris Evans, Darrington Evans, Daryl Henderson, Marlon Mack, Jarrett Patterson, Rashad Penny. And then his wide receivers look really good again with Brandon Ayuk, Jamar Chase, Chase Claypool, Michael Pittman, Henry Ruggs, LaVisca Chenault, Devontae Smith, Amon Ross St. Brown. But those running backs, man, those he running went, backs. He went real uh, running back zero. Mm-hmm. Yep. Zero, zero RB. Sorry, I said it wrong. <laughs> but, man, shout out to you. You killed it in the draft, man. And yep. that's sweet. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. And thanks again to all of you guys for taking part. Uh, thank you, Swags, for keeping us going, or else I totally would have bogged that thing down for sure. We would have been so. at like eight hours instead. Yeah. <laughs> Should we go through our roster real quick? Do you want to you wanna tell us, uh, tell everyone the roster that we put together and just, yeah, just run yeah, down it real absolutely. quick? Absolutely. You want to go in the draft order or just kind of go through the team? Uh, let's go position by position instead. So at quarterback, we've got Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Ryan Tannehill. So we've got four starters. Actually, we've got five starters because we have Washington's starting quarterback, too, and Taylor <laughs> Heineke. So, yeah. and we got such a value on him, too. Definite little value play. Then running backs, we've got A.J. Dillon, J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins, Ty Johnson, who I think like throw a waiver in for him uh, in your leagues. If he's out there, he has a shot. If he's on, yes. don't go make trades for him. If he's on waivers, go throw one in for him. Then we've got Joshua Kelly, eh, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Devin single. I really like our team. And then did you pick Tyler Boyd or did I, I think you did, Boyd? but I can't remember for sure. I think I did yeah. too, though. It just seems so unlike me. Cause then I saw somebody that was taken after we took Tyler Boyd and I was like, oh, my gosh, how did that happen? But but still, man, Tyler Boyd, Corey Davis, Darnell Mooney, Josh Palmer, Debo, Darius Slayton, we'll see. But we got TJ Hawkinson and Zach Ertz. And this was one thing, too, like I talked to John a couple times where I was like, sorry, dude, but like Swift and Clyde Edwards-Alaire went. And my rule is if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is gone, it's okay to take Dobbins or Swift. <laughs> <laughs> And like try to fix that. And same for uh that's how I felt about Hawkinson. Is I was like, um, who was I? Darren Waller's gone, dude. So Hawkinson <laughs> should always be before him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of agreed on that one, by the way. That Darren Waller, uh I TJ Hawkinson should really be going ahead of Darren Waller. I mean, he it, it'll never happen in any draft, mm-hmm. but like the just playing kind of the odds, the probability, you know, yeah. the probability is that TJ Hawkinson has a better season than, than Darren Waller. TJ Hawkinson takes over in that top three range yeah. uh, from Darren Waller. Like, yeah. So anytime you're getting TJ Hawkinson after Darren Waller, you're getting kind of, you're getting some value there at tight end. Yeah. So that was and kind of the theory. Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, either of those guys get an injury and Josh Palmer could be, viable pretty quick this year even if you turn around and sell him yeah absolutely yeah all right yeah i to me that's the the winning team but uh we weren't (laughs) obviously biased as hell oh dude i totally agree though like i looked at our team and i was like man i wish this was a real team like i really like the outcome of this yeah (laughs) i might try to sell miles sanders 
Yeah, that's not a bad one. But yeah, I like our yeah, team. yeah. I think so too. You did good, yeah. not doing much. Yeah, <laughs> just stayed out of the way. That's kind of what I'm best at. <laughs> yeah, I, it'd be interesting to do an actual uh, startup uh, co-owning a team with you. I think we decided that we want to do that. Do so yeah, Who's we're gonna start up. We don't want to commish. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We don't want to run this thing, but yeah, somebody <laughs> wants us. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks Somebody's, again. Now we're going to get all the ones to join their leagues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Then we could pick one, pick our favorite, uh, do a hundred yard rush. <laughs> See. <laughs> see who gets us <laughs> oh my god yeah, that's way too cocky i can't i can't even uh yeah thanks again for everybody who took part in that mock draft though that was a lot of fun and uh again just shattered that record i don't know that that record could fall but it's not going to be by days ever again it's going to be like by hours or maybe even minutes uh but i don't think that it's possible to break that by you know, by 24 hours or more. So yeah, seriously, it's going to stand for a while. I think they'd have to be an, another, I mean, you'd have to have your eyes on the prize. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who was that? Congratulations to Matthew Snooks. Yeah. Yeah. I said Hill and Brenner earlier and Snooks. Yeah. Sorry about that. There's two of them that, who are just like, they're, they're in, uh, at least one of the mocks every single month, both of them, Hillenbrenner and Snooks both join every single time, just absolutely crush it. Um, have great draft strategies going in every single time. And it's, it's people like that. And it's people like all of you who, who participated in this, that give us the best ADP in the entire industry. So just cannot thank you enough for, for being involved. Swags, thanks for, uh, for teaming up with me. And uh, both in the draft and on this episode, um, breaking it down. He's at Swagzilla0G. And uh, let's let's just wrap it up there for the week. Uh, anytime, though, Hogue. I, honestly, thanks a lot, dude. I, this was a yeah. ton of fun. Nice. Yeah, we'll do it more for sure. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts Mega Feed. Do us a huge favor by rating and reviewing the show. Uh it helps us to uh, get out to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. Uh, get at us on Twitter at Superflex Show. Even better, just hit us up individually. Uh, he's again, he's at Swagzilla Zero G. I'm at Superflex Dude. Happy to retweet trade polls, answer questions, um, both at us or DM, whatever. Um, happy to do it. So uh, that's the way to get to us, just individually. Uh, this episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Until